Welcome to a new episode of Cloud Car Copilot. You're probably thinking with the title of this episode, Points of Articulation, that I'll be talking about action figures, either modern or vintage. But actually, I want to articulate some points and put a new a nuance on it. But firstly, I'd like to give a credit to Natin Performance in Star Wars that should give, give, we should give more measure to. That is of Margie, the Asian elephant who played a couple of Banthers in Star Wars A New Hope, and her movements were modelled on Yatats in The Empire Strikes Back. I think to give a, a stoic performance of brooding menace as a Banther really gives the action, the acting talent of Margie to a new esteem. I think really she should, should have been up for a supporting actor in Star Wars A New Hope. I think, you know, given that sort of great performance, the accolades it deserves. I'm sure George would have given her uh, his own uh, directing advice, as always, you know. Okay, Margie, faster, more intense. And Margie would have looked at him and thought, great. I'm giving you all I've got, George. So Margie... Salute to you, and I hope your movements and references are included in more future Star Wars. May the force be with you, Margie. With the ongoing pandemic and movies being delayed or put onto streaming services, the movie-going experience certainly looks to be fading into the distance as 2021 proceeds. Hopefully a new perspective on what will happen going forward will occur later on in the year. Hopefully the summer and fall will give new guidance as to what, how conditions are going forward. Now with movies being pushed back, the streaming services are now taking priority for companies like Disney and shows like The Mandalorian and the MCU shows like WandaVision are carrying forward the visions of their own franchises onto the smaller screen. With the success of The Mandalorian's two seasons and the success of WandaVision, certainly Star Wars and Marvel can look forward to putting out greater content in the next couple of years. Having got off to a really good start, the pressure is slightly off on, on those two companies Lucasfilm and Marvel to get future shows such as Loki or The Falcon and Winter Soldier or The Book of Boba Fett to get it right. Certainly I have faith in those shows to really produce again good quality entertainment. Of course with any good content you have to keep up the quality. People will still be coming back to view these shows if the quality is up and there's good entertainment. But what happens if there is a misstep? If one of these shows is not viewed as a good thing for their own franchise? Certainly we know that Star Wars fans, certainly, or some of them can be very picky on what they like and do not like. Certainly Mandalorian has gained mostly great reviews going forward 
it's only one division as well. But as I said, what happens if they misstep? Do Marvel or Star Wars push back on future shows, delay them again, or push back, or push up uh, production on movies again? Certainly with movies, the spectacle experience and story elements certainly had to be big to get audiences back into cinemas again. With TV shows, the greater emphasis on character content and action to a certain degree gives creators more space to broaden out their seasons. With, and with seasons being only 8 episodes or 12 episodes, so that they can craft a more cohesive and structured story to give the characters a good run during their seasons. Obviously, striking a balance between normal fans and all casual audiences is certainly something that Star Wars and Marvel will have to watch going forward. The great thing about The Mandalorian was it had the instant hook of the child in episode 1 of The Mandalorian, or Baby Gro Grogu, as later to be known. That was an inbuilt factor of bringing in fans, casual and more hardcore, into the Star Wars universe. And also peppering in elements of Star Wars lore in each episode that wasn't too deep as to turn off more casual viewers, but also delight more fervent fans of the Star Wars saga. Obviously, going the other way, the Lucas film will have to watch not getting too involved in peppering the episodes with actual total fan service. I think they've struck a really good balance in really giving The Mandalorian a good setting for casual viewers and more hardcore fans. And of course with Disney Plus there is also the added bonus of if new casual viewers are more interested in Star Wars, there's already an inbuilt programme of shows to get them more interested in Star Wars. If they're of a younger age, of course, they can obviously go the watch the Free Makers, Lego Free Makers, or Rebels, or Clone Wars. It doesn't have to be the ultimate jump into watching a Star Wars movie. Obviously with the MCU... I think probably there's more of a slightly different audience involved. Uh, obviously MCU fans are more on fans to what their universe is. So also it's a more vast universe with also with the comics and that. I think also with all the movies on Disney Plus as well, people can go back if they're catching Marvel stuff for the first time, watch the movies back again. And hopefully going forward, both franchises, Star Wars and Marvel, can build onto what they've already have a good foundation on Disney Plus. And certainly, with hopefully in the next few years, movies coming back, we will all get into the more pleasant experience of going to the movies again as a as a communal experience and experiencing Star Wars or Marvel movies in the way it should be met. I think certainly in the forward, in the certainly forward venture of everything's as in this present moment Disney's bus is certainly the, the the thing to strive towards 
for these franchises to give their fans a good quality experience. Just as a quick note, moving on to an old account of this podcast, I had to lose my newest episode I did recently. In this episode, I'll be recounting some points of the last episode that I did lose. So, if you have already listened to the last episode, the new one, I apologise for recapping on uh, old things, but I think certainly moving forward onto this old account and having a wider distribution network for this podcast, I certainly feel that having to go over a a familiar subject for me and a good one, I certainly want to get into it again. So, uh, the joys of collecting. Uh, Certainly collecting is something that has been around for certainly a lot of time before even Star Wars collectors were doing it. Uh, I think I read somewhere that uh, collecting began about 4000 BC. Roman Romans used to collect little coins and that as mementos. Uh, bringing it forward, bringing certainly collecting and nostalgia certainly is a big draw to certainly Star Wars at least. And if you're of uh, a certain generation having the, the old toys and figures and if you had to get rid of them for some reason, certainly getting them back again, certainly a good primer for getting back into collecting again. I certainly got back into collecting just after the Disney announcement, after a couple of years break from Star Wars. Uh, I really didn't have any Star Wars figures or toys back then, and probably my first instinct was to get back into getting some figures, at least the first 12. And having gone to uh, Celebration Europe in Essen, Germany, certainly one of the first things on my bucket list was to get a few loose figures for the first 12 to make up that collection. Over the year I did manage to get all the first 12 figures loose, all in pretty much good condition. And also, later on that year I managed to get a Palatoy Death Star and a display uh, display port, uh, piece for my figures as well. That was not the original 1977 one or 78, but a 2005 version, which was amalgamation of the uh, Sandcrawler playset and the Cantina playset. And I still keep my figures on that today. Suddenly going forward, I managed to uh, sometimes keep a focus on things I wanted to get, but mostly randomly getting things that wanted to get uh, from Star Wars. Uh, mostly my fi- my collection is uh, odds and ends and oddball items, uh, such as pens, uh, watches, uh, uh, folders, notebooks, that sort of thing. The only, focus, the only other focus I really have was getting the first item or something, whether a magazine or something, whether it would be the uh, the helmet collection from Diaz Dony or Builder uh, Droid. Always used to get the first magazine of any sort of Star Wars magazine that came out. Now, obviously, with collecting availability, it was always an issue. I certainly live in an area where Star Wars stuff is not 
readily available in physical form as in shops it's probably only two shops that are fairly near me that even would remotely sell Star Wars items so obviously most of my shopping online and getting stuff is either eBay or Amazon uh, so the, with collecting the thrill of the hunt is also a big factor in things and also with that there's also the random factor of finding things when you once you're finding trying to find another thing that certainly has happened to me quite a few occasions where I've looked for one item and another item has popped up to my feed and I thought oh that looks good I'll probably get that so one of the items I, I've been looking at recently is getting a uh, from my, I, I remember from my childhood getting from the Empire Strikes Back fan club kit which I got in 1980 was the red pencil which had the Empire Strikes Back uh, emblem on it for some reason I've always remembered that pencil and recently managed to get a, come across that item and, and hopefully this week I'll be able to get at least a couple of pencils to add to my collection. It's weird how one thing from a certain a lot of items can stroke in your mind and certainly that, that pencil was certainly stuck with me for all those years and hopefully this week I'll be glad to finally get at least buy it and have to wait because I think I'll have to get it from America and get it have to wait a while to get it to actually get it in my collection. Now moving on to display options, if you've got a focused display like Funko or Gentle Giant or Hot Toys or Replica helmets, it's easier to arrange those items and display them in such a way that would give maximum effect. Since my collection is uh, divided into sort of, sort of three quarters, uh, one quarter is books, uh, one quarter is action figures and vehicles, and the other quarter is more oddball items all collected together. Uh, I have about four bookcases, uh, three fairly large ones, and one quite small one which I keep my action figures on uh, and some vehicles. Uh, I have one big bookcase full of books. I have only one shelf for novels and that 90% of my books are reference with action figures or vehicles or visual dictionaries or other assorted items. My other main bookcase is vintage figures and vehicles. Being such a scatterbrained approach to collecting I don't really tend to organise my collection much. The only sort of organised bit is the front bit of my main bookcase which is uh, physical media which is videotapes or DVDs certainly I think the top shelf has got a uh, movie movie cups and I, think I only have a couple of Funkos actually uh, a Scarab Stormtrooper and BB-8 the rest is a mishmash of different things really just all put together uh, so I have some folders of uh, newspaper clippings, I think about four of them, which I think I've shown in the past, some of it. Uh, but mostly it's 
the driver collector is pulling out items, so they're giving a, a view to all of them. So they've been in lockdown, or well, I still have to work, but the time away from work, so only a few times to get away, get out my items and have a look at them. I really haven't got room for most of my Star Wars magazines. I have uh, three sets of magazines. Uh, I've got magazines from 1999 through to 2005, the prequels. Uh, my second set is my Star Wars magazines, or Star Wars Insider, for those in the US. Lately, that has been hard to get from where I normally get it, so I've had to go on to a, a digital copy of uh, Star Wars magazine. And my third set is my 2008, uh, probably present day, Star Wars uh, sequels and Mandalorian stuff. Uh, I, I don't really have room to really get those all those magazines out and display them as I'd like, so I tend to sort of delve into them read a, a magazine once or twice and they sort of stay up in my uh, cupboard which is probably a good thing because they keep nice and dry and not really keep pretty good in condition From their first appearance in The Empire Strikes Back Star Wars Bounty Hunters went on to evolve into a much loved part of the Star Wars universe with their coolness factor and their mystery, it certainly garnered a legion of fans that carry on till today. From Boba Fett to Din Djarin, Star Wars Bounty Hunter rules the galaxy with an air of coolness that few match. Certainly that first glimpse of them in the Empire Strikes Back was certainly brief. And of course, Boba Fett was obviously the major player in Empire Strikes Back. But I certainly, as a kid, was certainly more interested in the Bounty Hunters as a whole. I certainly was as Boba Fett. And with Boba Fett's appearance in Return of the Jedi, for a fleeting glimpse of him, probably the Bounty Hunters were probably might have been destined to fade into the distance. But with the onset, the onset of Star Wars Expanded Universe books, especially the Tales of the Bounty Hunters and Tales of Jabba's Palace, Star Wars Bounty Hunters grew to have more tales told about them. And certainly in the Clone Wars, with the appearance of one of the most best Star Wars characters, Cad Bane, the cult of the Bounty Hunter was certainly proven to be more more worth than it than it is. Certainly the mystery of Boba Fett at least was partly explained in Attack of the Clones and either you wanted to go with that canon or not that that part of the Star Wars story certainly evolved into what happened recently into the Mandalorian with the return of Boba Fett and certainly with the the Book of Boba Fett coming later on this year. Certainly Bounty Hunters certainly play and will play a, a significant part in the ongoing Star Wars story. Certainly expanding the virtues of or non-virtues of the Wild Wild West. The Bounty Hunters certainly gave that sign of a 
was that Wild Boss 5 of the man with no name for the man who shot Liberty Valance. That was a cool character who went into town suddenly riding a horse or a Star Wars equivalent, a speeder bike. Certainly it wasn't it was the wanted poster then, but in Star Wars Galaxy it was the hologram of whoever bounty they wanted to collect. Star Wars bounty hunters certainly ruled the roost in what they wanted to do. Well, that's a brief overview of Star Wars Bounty Hunters to end this episode of Cloud Guard Co-Pilot. I hope you enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for another one coming soon. Keep the positivity going and may the force be with you.